The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Welcome back to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. I'm Elizabeth Larkin from the Hartford, and I'm here with Gene Marks, who is our small business expert. Gene Marks is the owner of the Marks Group, and he also speaks around the country at different events. I do. I do a lot of writing in a lot of different places, including Small Biz Ahead. So today we're going to talk about a topic that Gene has been writing about a lot lately. We thought um, we didn't even have anyone submit this question. Gene, I want to talk about it. Gene suggested it as a topic because he wants to talk about it. And I think this is actually going to be really, really helpful to small business owners. Mm case they're unaware of it or unaware of the ins and outs of how to do this. So when we get back, we're going to talk about association health plans. We'll be right back after we hear from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property, liability, and workers' compensation insurance. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. Okay, so Gene, what is an association health plan? Okay, so here's my speech on association health plans. Well, listen to a speech. Not an entire speech, but let me let me just give you the down and dirty on what these association health plans are. Here's what it is. Okay, Um, you, if you're running a small business, can form an association. You can join only a sole proprietor. Yes, you can form an association. You can join your industry's association, or you can form your own association with. Other people in your industry or other people that might be located near you in your community or geography. Okay, you have so to, it doesn't have to be industry. It does not have to be industry specific. It can be people in the same area, like a bunch of Main Street merchants can form their own association. The goal is for this association to have more than 100 employees in it when you add up all the employees for all the businesses. In a sense, it's a buying group. So once you get over 100 employees and you form this association and you form this as a buying group, that association then would not be subject, according to new rules from the Department of Labor, to some of the more onerous requirements of the Affordable Care Act. So you can take your buying group and go to a major, any of the insurance companies, like whoever they are, right, and say, uh, we want to buy health insurance, our association wants to buy it. The insurance companies are now allowed through this Department of Labor ruling um, where they can exclude certain benefits from your health plans. That may not be good news for some of your employees who might want to rely on those benefits. But then again, it could be good news for others in your company who don't take advantage of those essential health benefits, but they and they will get lower premiums. Now, pre-existing benefits cannot be excluded. So anybody with a pre-existing condition has to be part of it. And number two is you can't charge different people different premiums based on their health history. So it's got to be the same across the board. Can you charge different premiums based on their salary? No. You, it's just like any regular health plan that you're going to come to the agreement with your insurance company what you, what, what it would be. Okay. Not only that, you can have an association health plan in addition to your, your current plan. So you can still offer your same health plans, but then also the association plan offer it for for those employees that might want to have it. And if you're if you're paying for health insurance, that could potentially save you money on their premiums as well as obviously saving them if they get like family coverage or whatever. Now, there's one big, in my opinion, one big drawback to this that you have to be aware of. The association health plans, this is not law. 
The Affordable Care Act is law. This is essentially a Department of Labor ruling overturned very easily. And we have learned that when presidential administrations change over, they can change prior rulings of the other administration if it's not law. But do you think it might be worth it to do this? Even if it could be overturned? It could be because for a couple of reasons. Number one is, um, if anything, they'll be around for a couple of years, at least until the next presidential election. Number two is, is that it's a good alternative, even in the short term, to offer for your employees and yourselves to have it in addition to what you're already offering. And then finally, it could stick around if they prove to be successful. You know, it could stick around for the long term. And there you've made a a fairly good bet. Your the risk is not that high. In other words, if they get you know, if they get overturned, if they're not allowed after 2020, then okay, then you just you continue to offer your existing plans. Also be aware that it takes a little legwork to do this because there are lower premiums. I just want to say, I mean, your insurance broker may or may not be, you know, that encouraged to help you with these kinds of things. There these are new things as well. But you know, all good things come to people who put out the effort of doing it. Okay, them. so let's say you do want to put out the effort, but yep. let's say you're like, I don't want to start my own. I just want to let, let's see if there's one in my area. How do you find out? That's a good, that's a really good question. First of all, uh, because they're so new, I mean, this ruling like only took place during the summer. Um, you know, finding Googling around and finding them is, it could be a bit of a challenge. The first place you want to go to probably is like your chamber of commerce, right? Or any local business groups. Cause trust me, they're all looking into what these things as well. Absolutely. The next okay. place you want to go is your industry association. Now the industry associations, like any association, um, they have issues with, uh, can they offer this thing across States, you know, thing, which they can, but they're, 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 it's not like they're offering them immediately. They're, they're getting it all together and trying to offer them for 2019. But by all means, your industry association is a great place to ask about as well as the Chamber of Commerce. So it's a really good, it's just another option for trying to control your health care costs. Um, my advice is that if you do have employees in your company that wouldn't be so thrilled about losing some essential health benefits, keep your existing plan in place that does offer those existing, but then you can also offer the association health plan as well. Just, you know, it's like a competing plan yeah. and let your employees choose what they want to do. Yeah, with and best. I think that's important because your most valuable asset it's are your employees, your employees. Right. And it's so hard to find right. good employees and train them. You don't want to make your current employees very man- mad at you. That's right. And you'll make like them this. very mad at you if you take away some some health benefit that they were taking advantage of. Yeah. So just give them more choice. And I think that's what these association health plans are attempting to do. So um, look into them this year. Okay. We'll be right back with Jean's Word of Brilliance. Here we go. Did you know that it takes 26 minutes to recover from a minor distraction? If you're looking to become an even more productive business owner, Small Biz Ahead has you covered. Our new ebook, 21 Days to Be a More Productive Small Business Owner, will help you set a course to supercharge your workdays and maximize your hours. You'll learn how to find the most productive time of day for certain tasks, which parts of your life you can automate, when to hire a virtual assistant, how to batch work to increase productivity, and more. Head over to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today. Okay, we're back with Jean's word of brilliance. How many words is it today? One word. What? One word. Today's word is optimistic. There was a recent study, Elizabeth, that was done by the University of Bath and Cardiff University and the London School of Economics, for which, by the way, I attended there for a year. Yeah, when I was in London, I was at LSE as well. And uh, the study was aptly named Curb Your Enthusiasm, Optimistic Entrepreneurs Earn Less. 
It found out through this study, which was over a thousand entrepreneurs, that people that are more happy-go-lucky, bright-eyed, or at least just had above-average optimism actually earned 30% less than those who had average or below-average optimism, outlook, optimistic outlooks. This is why when I finally launch my small business, I am going to make a because what you don't consider yourself to be a glasses half full person are you the other way around no i just feel like i'm a realist yeah it's i this study hit me really hard as well because of that same reason like i find i'm an accountant so that's you know i was grown up to be a pessimist and i do meet a lot of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed would-be entrepreneurs that are super and of course the world needs optimists i'm not saying that's a, well, but there's like a balance to that isn't there the difference between being an optimist in life and being an optimist in business like i think right. for you you're always saying to people don't open that business i know because you need to have <laughs> prudence you need to yeah. be you can't be naive you can't be ignorant about what you're doing you, you have to like you to know your numbers you got to be real like you yeah. just said you have to be realistic about it and this study proves the point that the people that are starting up businesses and they're they're overly optimistic they don't have the right levels of doubts they don't question their suppliers they don't uh, they they think that when people say they're going to do something they're actually going to do it because <laughs> they optimistically believe that and trust me you've been in business long enough and i know from the many of my clients that i work with that have been in business for a long time you just these people are not optimists okay yeah. i mean you know they're they have a guarded optimism but they're they're more realist yeah i would say i would put myself into the guarded optimism fair enough just category. don't be so optimistic try to temper it down a little bit and i hate to tell you that i mean because you have to have a more sort of cynical outlook on life but when you're running a business and it all comes down to dollars and cents i think you need to have that attitude so if you need a gut check you can always send us a comment at the <laughs> bottom of these podcasts and we will give you that gut check. That's correct. Two realists. <laughs> that is correct. We are here for you. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll talk to you in a few days. Thanks. Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.